Thank you once again for joining us. Now, we are almost to the end of the list found in 1 Timothy chapter 3. This list is causing us to ask some pretty deep questions. Of course, we need to remember that this is not an exhaustive list, but it does serve as a foundation from which we need to begin to seek out leaders. And also, it's a place to begin to ask if you might have what it takes to lead in God's family. Traditionally, congregations, well, we tend to focus more on some qualities and much less on others. Today, we focus on one of those qualifications that we would like to overlook. From the text, it says this, A man must not be a lover of money. Now, being a preacher and a new preacher at that, I sometimes get challenged. Or, well, I get asked if I'm willing to call out sin. I'm not fond of challenges, but my typical response to this question is to ask them, which sin exactly are you referring to? Because if I call out one sin, I'm going to have to call them all out. Well, I believe that sin is sin, all of it. Some sin is more noticeable than others. Divorce, homosexuality, uncontrolled anger, violence, drunkenness, addiction. You know, these are visible sins, and they do not help the church. If a leadership candidate has fallen to any of these sins, then it's usually pretty evident. However, there are some areas that are overlooked, and self-control is one of them, and loving money is another. We overlook people's love of money, well, because even though it might be sinful, the church benefits. It does. These were delicate issues in Paul's day, and they're delicate issues here and now. People paid attention and they gave preference to those who had money. People who had lots of money, they were used to some level of power and control. Those who sought money, desired to make money, pursued gain, and fell to greed, they had an appearance that, well, we have to admit it, it's desirable to the average person. It's the same today. These people, well, they have things. They look a certain way. They travel. They look important. They oftentimes help the church through gifts donations, financial compensation. So in some ways, their love of money does benefit the church. This is why some churches like to turn the other way whenever someone seems to be a lover of money. In today's culture, some churches give preference to those people, and they do their very best to make them happy, and oftentimes, well, they put them in leadership positions because they're successful in the corporate world and they seem like they know how to help a church financially. So sometimes men are selected, oftentimes without even a second glance at what their relationship is like to money. Now, I realize this is a delicate topic in some circles. Being in the more prosperous part of Dallas and Fort Worth, there are literally track castle neighborhoods, one castle after another after another. This is delicate ground here often because people do not want to be criticized for having money. Many times people feel guilty because of it. But, but does having money, a lot of it, mean that you love money? Hmm. In Luke chapter 7, we see a centurion. He asks Jesus to heal his servant. Now, out of the blue, the Jewish elders begin intervening for this Roman centurion. A Roman They say, help him, please help this man because he fears God and he built us our synagogue. Translated, it would be wise for you to help this man. He's very rich and he gives us what we want. He's a cash cow and he needs to be kept happy. (laughs) What did Jesus do? He healed the servant. But he didn't heal them because of what the Jewish elder said. 
He healed the servant because he saw that the centurion was a man of unbelievable faith. He was honest, humble, a believer in God. He believed that Jesus, obviously a prophet and spokesperson of God, had the power to heal his servant. He was a man motivated by that faith and not by the money or power he possessed. Otherwise, the interaction may have gone a lot differently. This man's motivation was not the love of money. This man's treasure was a person. It was his slave who he highly valued, a slave. In Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about the valuables of man. He tells people not to worry about their life. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this brings us to the deeper question we need to ask when considering leaders for our church family, especially when it comes to this. The question is this, where does this man's treasure lie? Does he have a strong sense of stewardship? You see, Paul is describing a leader who's not ruled by his desire for financial gain or security or power. He's describing a leader whose life will be marked by generosity, simple contentment. A man who lives under the love of God will steward his own money and the church's finances with God's glory and the church's mission always in mind. Listen to what it says in 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10 and 17 through 19. It says, Of course there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich, they fall into temptation, and they're trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasures of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. How do you know if a man is a lover of money? Well, sometimes it's obvious, but in many cases, it takes knowing the person, seeing where he spends his time, how he lives, how he talks to those who are of lesser importance. And as Jesus says in Matthew 7, by their fruits, you will recognize them. Leaders need to be good stewards of the treasures God has entrusted them with. When leaders value people over money, you will see a kingdom growing church whose heart is caring for treasures of God. You've been listening to Grapevine Church of Christ. For more information, visit our website, www.grapevinechurch.com.